All right, all you podcast listeners, I managed to poke and prod Ryan Sage a little bit and save you some money on merch. So use code PODCAST23 at checkout. Save yourself 20% on your favorite FD merch with the hats, shirts, lanyards, whatever it is that you want. Use code PODCAST23 at checkout. Save that money. Get yourself some cool FD stuff, and we'll see you out there. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to The Editor Zone, the official podcast of Formula Drift. My name is Jacob Gettens. And this is a little bit different of an episode, and I'm going to explain why for a couple of reasons, but this is our year-end wrap-up. If you didn't read the title, if you just aimlessly clicked on the podcast, one, thank you for doing that. Uh, two, you should probably read things before you click on them. You know, you you probably had your Facebook hacked and a bunch of things taken from you, but the reason why we're doing this now and not actually at the end of the year or the podcast season is uh, with Black Friday, uh, if you guys weren't aware... We ship microphones to all the guests. Um, we try to do this to keep continuity. Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. With Black Friday, uh, Amazon was super far behind, so getting microphones out to people was incredibly difficult. And we had three of them basically lost or broken. So we were supposed to have a guest that would come in and fill in this spot, um, but that's not going to happen. So we are doing this episode now because, well, I ran out of time. Uh, I have to get these podcasts out to the FD team sometime, you know, Tuesday afternoon. And it's currently Monday night, and this is all the time I've got, and we still got to edit, master it, and all that stuff. So that's why we're here. But I don't want you to go anywhere. This is a really cool episode. Uh, We're going to recap kind of everything that happened this year. Uh, I also want to talk about what's happening with the podcast in general, uh, the, you know, for this season, uh, what's going to happen with it in the future, bunch of stuff like that. Um, So yeah, let's... uh, Let's more or less get into it. And, uh, you know, thank you for sticking around here. I, I do highly recommend you wait till the end. Even if you don't want to hear this stuff, just scrub to the end and uh, and, and kind of catch what's going on because it's, it's pretty cool. So let's talk about it. 2023, uh, definitely a season to be remembered. Lots of craziness, lots of drama going on. Um, but to kind of, you know, just summarize it, our top three uh, being Danofa, Odibakshis, and Matt Field. So, uh, absolutely massive shout out to all three of those. Obviously, uh, Denofa retiring, that is huge. Announcing that retirement before the, the last event, uh, you know, kind of take some of the pressure off, make it seem like, you know, he was going to do this anyways, no matter what. And, and I really do think he would. Uh, an, another, you know, huge shout out as well, Odie Bakshi's. Uh, kind of, it felt like he came out of nowhere. I mean, just looking at like the stats, and I, I know obviously I was running a lot of numbers, and I was looking at what the possibilities were. And Odie was definitely in there, but I just, I don't know why. Maybe, I, I don't know why. I just didn't really factor him in there. But Odie absolutely crushing it and taking home second. So close to that championship. So deserving of that championship, but not quite there. And speaking of very deserving of a championship, uh, Matt Fields just not able to get it, you know, in there again. Um, I believe he's got a couple of seconds now, but now taking home a third, all he needs is that first place to really finish things off. And yeah, that's going to be a massive career for Matt Field. If you haven't had a chance yet, almost all the drivers we're talking about today, we've done podcasts with. I highly recommend you go back and listen to them um, because yeah, I I mean, why not, right? If you haven't listened to them yet, definitely go to that. If you want to have some fun, you can also go back and listen to our preseason episode and listen to all the predictions I made um, because, well, we're going to get into all those shortly. Um, because I, I kind of went through and checked to see how I did. But if you want to stop, you can go back and listen to that and hear what I said, and then maybe kind of laugh along at how terrible I did. Um, moving on to ProSpec, um, obviously want to provide some shout out there to all the drivers. Great season of ProSpec, uh, but obviously Ben Hobson with a huge amount of dominance uh, in that season. Absolutely incredible to see what he did. Very, very excited to see what he does in pro. Um, it seems like he hasn't made the final announcement as to what is happening. And we're going to get into rumors, but same thing, stick around to the end because we're going to talk about rumors a little bit later on. Um, but yeah, Ben Hobson absolutely just just came in and conquered this season. And it was really kind of neat to watch. I know some people think when, when you see something like that, that it's not as exciting because like, oh, Ben's just going to win again. But there was a lot of you know drama with that. There was a lot of craziness. He didn't absolutely win everything, but... When he was on fire, when everything was working correctly, Ben was absolutely unstoppable. So it makes me very excited to see what he's going to do in pro. Speaking of moving up to pro, these next two drivers, I believe, have already made their announcements. 
have they, they've talked about it. I think they talked about it on the podcast as well, but Andy Haightley, um, you know, just after years and years of grinding, uh, I, you know, he's, he's looks like he's going to make the jump and he drove very, very well this year, uh, in that new BMW chassis, as much as I love the old chassis, obviously this is much more competitive and his driving very much suited it. He was able to get the speed out of it. Um, speaking of speed, Rudy Hansen, another driver. So, uh, Rudy taking third in the championship this year, great driver, um, really cool to see what him and his team and everybody was able to accomplish. And he's already talked about making that jump to pro as well. So it looks like all three drivers um, within our top three in prospect are going to make the jump to pro, uh, which is really interesting. It's going to be a, a packed field. We haven't heard of anybody officially not coming back, other, I mean, other than Chelsea, to pro going into next year. Uh, definitely heard some rumors of new people coming in, uh, but we'll get to that a little bit later on. But excited to see you know, these three, what will be rookies in pro, just crazy to think because Andy and, and Rudy are not, you know, spring chickens anymore, but they are going to be rookies going into pro, uh, battling it out. And I'm just very interested to see how they perform because they, they they had great years. So let's talk about predictions because if you go, if you went back to that episode, uh, one, welcome back. Two, if you remember back, I made some predictions on drivers and how I thought they were going to do. And without spoiling it all, I did not do great. So uh, first one that comes up, Brandon Sorensen. I predicted that he would finish deep into the top 10, uh, possibly around 7th or 8th. And unfortunately, he did have a bit rougher of a season this year. A couple mechanical things just didn't seem to quite hit his groove the same way he did last year. And he ended up coming in 17th. So I definitely missed the mark on that one. Uh, the next one was buy run. I've, I didn't actually check the amount of buy runs this year but I very much felt like we had less buy runs. There seemed to be less weird mechanical things that happened this year. Everyone seemed to get kind of their shit together, really is what it seemed like. Like everybody really had their cars dialed in. The competition was fierce. We we definitely saw some great driving this year, but we also didn't see a lot of mechanical failures that that seemed to spoil, you know, finals and things like that. The next one was Chelsea Denofa. Um, I said that he's going to be a strong contender, uh, that he finished fourth last year. And I suggest that he might even improve it this season. And I nailed that one. Uh, obviously, Chelsea won it. I had a feeling that this was his year. Um, I, I, I think I made some comments about just his driving style and being a little bit more relaxed. And I, I think we saw that this year. I mean, obviously, there was definitely some moments where Chelsea was not relaxed. But overall, his driving seemed much more relaxed, a little bit more exciting, uh, a little bit more fun. And I think... Although, if I remember correctly, he didn't score a ton of X-Factor points. That rule kind of came into play because of him, and yeah. Uh, the next prediction that I made was Chris Forsberg. Uh, so he finished fifth in 2022, thought that he could potentially move up and get into the top three, but Chris stayed pretty close to that, coming in eighth. Same thing, just not a, it wasn't like there was, you know, giant mechanical issues. Just very, very tough championship, and, and Chris... Uh, also, you know, we had a lot on the go and and just a lot of things happening. So whether or not that distracts it, I'm not sure. Um, the Z looks great. Uh, one, it just visually looks amazing, but the car drove really well, it seemed. Uh, obviously, I'm not the one driving it, but uh, I thought Chris would have held on to that kind of fifth place, uh, but he did slip down into eighth. Uh, the next one was Ken Gushi. So Ken finished eighth, speaking of in 2022, and I thought that he could potentially move up, but unfortunately, he got hit by mechanical after mechanical after mechanical this year, which really sucks, and that dropped him down to 19th. Great episode as well. Uh, he really breaks down all of that stuff. So uh, the next one was Kristaps. Uh, kind of talked about him, you know, just really disrupting things and and potentially like winning a championship. He's that caliber of driver. Fortunately, he only made it out to four rounds. It's a really difficult to, you know, kind of do that, uh, only making four rounds. But I will say seeing him back out there driving um, was great. Uh, absolutely phenomenal driver. Um, always exciting, always crazy, and interested to see what's going to happen next year, if he's going to come back for a full season, if he's going to make any changes, and what that season's going to look like for Kristaps Blush. Um, we did talk a little bit uh, about Kyle Mohan as well, just saying that he's he struggled over the, you know, the last couple of seasons. And unfortunately, this season is no different. Um, Kyle did have some problems, uh, but just chatting with him in the show, looks like he's got that new build on the go. There's lots of, of new things that are going to be happening, and I'm very excited to see what he does. All right, Frederick Osbo. So predicted that he'd be in the top floor, possibly winning another championship, and he did 
kind of slide down. It was weird to see um, Osbo in non-perfect form, uh, to, to kind of put it bluntly. Um, Freddie is is so incredible and consistent, and just to see him not be that way. Now, that being said, he still came in sixth. Still had an incredible year. Um, you know, most drivers on the grid would be very, very excited for his six. But considering the caliber he was at, it just just didn't work out for him. Had some really tough battles, um, but it just shows that the the way that the competition is evolving and the way drivers are going, like it's it's not getting any easier, and it will not get any easier. And a lot of these drivers are going to have to step up their game, even somebody who is a multiple time champion. Speaking of multiple time champions, James Dean. So returning to competition, super high expectations for James, um, but. I thought there would be initial challenges with the car. And I I feel like I nailed that one. As much as he did have a great season, we did not see him win any of the rounds. He did podium. He still drove that car incredibly well. Um, but that chassis is not easy. It is not an easy chassis at all. You can, you know, you, you, you hear these guys talk about it and they are doing so many incredible things with that chassis to get as much mechanical grip out of it. Um, they move in such unique ways and different ways. And it's just a difficult chassis to drive. Um, and and even James Dean struggled with it. That being said, I, I do want to, you know, we'll, we'll stick on James Dean. I'll talk about the other RTR drivers here in a moment. But it just shows. And that being said, I, I want to take a minute to really bring us back, you know, very briefly to Irwindale, just to explain that like James ended up having a broken collarbone. He podiumed with a broken collarbone in a car that should not have been on track. Like that car was almost completely decimated, but the, you know, obviously the team was able to get things back together. James was able to get into the right headspace and enough painkillers in his blood to keep him going. But he won with a broken collarbone. And I, I don't, um, although I'm critiquing and saying that he had a difficult time in that car, he is still arguably one of the greatest drivers of all time. I mean, him, you know, Frederick Osbo, you could go back, you know, Tanner Faust. There's so many people that are on that roster, but you can't talk about the greatest drifters of all time without having James Dean in that conversation. So I think that, you know, crash and coming back with a broken collarbone really cements that for sure. And I hope that overshadows him struggling a little bit in the season. When I say struggling, I only compare that to the absolute dominance that we saw when he was in FD before. Three seasons, back-to-back-to-back championships, and then to see him come in that, you know, in the the Mustang. I think he spun out in Long Beach, and and I believe he said, like, that was the first time he had spun out in competition in, you know, over a decade. So it just it just shows how different those RTR Mustangs are than, than any car on the grid. Um uh, I, I, yeah, without getting into like specifics, they are different than any car on the grid, not just because they are Mustangs, but because they are advancing things so far and doing so many different things with those cars and trying crazy setups and running absurd amounts of nitrous and, and just so much going on that when you are running at the ragged edge of performance and when you are experimenting to that level, those cars become difficult to drive. But that being said, obviously Chelsea figured that out and also. Adam LZ figured that out. Seeing Adam win in New Jersey was, I mean, I, I am a person who gets a lot of goosebumps for sure, but just thinking about that was incredible. Just seeing the amount of excitement that he had and his driving. He was doing things on initiation that we'd never really seen in competition before. The way he was able to snap to angle, the way he was able to just throw everybody offline by his entry. And he figured out a formula that took him to the top of the podium. So, and and I really feel like that, kind of shut up a lot of haters. Um, I, I think it was very easy to to kind of look at Adam from the outside and go, oh, he's just a YouTuber. Oh, he just got here based on his fame. But you have to remember that he has some of the most seat time of anybody in the world. And he's driving some of the most difficult cars to drive in the world, as we saw James Dean struggle in it. But then to see him win in New Jersey, absolutely incredible. Um, just just phenomenal to, to see. And, you know, I think he deserves as much kudos and, you know, high fives and whatever you want to say as humanly possible. Um, yeah. So I, I, I want to acknowledge that because I think Adam did something incredible this year and really quieted a lot of the, the haters. 
Um, getting back to predictions, uh, Jeff Jones. So finished 13th in 2022. Um, I kind of figured that we would see a bit of an improvement, uh, but he didn't. Uh, came in 29th, so did drop down the order uh, a good chunk. Same thing. I really just put this down to that drive. You know, we have new drivers coming in that are doing incredible things. Car development is getting nuts and builds that we're more competitive, you know, three, four years ago, are starting to lose that edge. So they really, really need to, you know, uh, I, I think a lot of these guys are going to have to update cars. I think that there's enough technology that's coming out between power plant, drivetrain, uh, suspension, angle. Um, there, there's so much development that's going on right now that cars that are three and four years old without major updates, we're going to see them struggle a lot more. Um, nothing against Jeff as, as a driver, incredible driver, has a ton of seat time. Obviously, everything he's doing with Hot Pit. But I do think that maybe that chassis is a little bit old. Uh, it's getting a little bit tired. We, you know, we saw him come out of the S chassis into that, but it's been a bit. And I feel like maybe that car is flexing a lot. It's taken a couple of big hits over the years. Um, we saw this with Ryan Turk when he bent his old, um, I think it was an FRS, but the FRS 86 GT, whatever you want to call it, and then got into a streetcar, which was a much tighter chassis that hadn't seen all those impacts. He drove a lot better. So I do think that there is something to say about chassis that have had a lot of impact, that have flexed, that have spot welds that have popped, and the cars are just a little bit more loose, not as predictable. And when you're driving a car at the ragged edge, when you're pushing over 100 miles an hour and you're literally working within distances of less than an inch to the wall, a car flexing just a little bit could mean the difference between tapping your bumper and shoving your bumper into the wall. So I, I don't know. I would love to see Jeff, you know, build out a new chassis. Love to, see, you know, he's great in the Z. I don't see any real reason to change. Um, you could argue that Zs aren't as competitive as they used to be, but you know, maybe. What do you think? What do you? What would you like to see Jeff Jones in? Next up, my next prediction was Robert Thorne. Um, kind of just talked about how he would do. That I had high hopes for him, and obviously Robert took Rookie of the Year. And I feel like we talked about it a lot, but did beat James Dean pretty much fair and square in St. Louis. Um, Robert is a, a very, very accredited race car driver, and he is taking everything he knows and moving that into drifting. And um, another guy, great show. One of my favorites all year. I really try not to pick favorites, but I, I feel like that one you can glean so much information from. So if you haven't listened to it yet, please go back and listen to it. But um, I am excited to see what Robert's going to do. He's making changes to that car. We talked about it in that episode. He's making developments. And I really think that a couple more changes, a couple more reliability things, um, he's going to be there. And, and I don't see him doing worse than he did this year um, for the next couple of years. I think it's only up here for Robert Thorne. Um, next prediction was Travis Reeder. I really thought Travis was going to hit top five. Thought it was his time, seeing the kind of the way that he wrapped up uh, 2022 and and just maybe his mindset. I really thought he was going to make top five. Didn't, uh, down in 18th. Um, did have that ride-along interview with him, which that footage does still exist. Um, without getting into the details, there's some stuff that we had to like edit through. Trying to capture that sound is very difficult. Um, so we're trying a lot of different things to be able to release that interview for you. But I'm kind of at the point where I think it's funnier that you can't hear it. Uh, either way, it will come out, but we had to save you know, some content for the offseason and make sure to keep an eye out for that video coming out in FD socials at some point in time. But um, yeah, Travis, uh, it was interesting kind of hanging out with them in Utah, understanding some of the developments with that car, some of the things that they fight in that car, some of the things that they adjust in the car to, to get it to be more reliable, to deal with uh, traction and, and heat dissipation. Very, very interesting. Um, some of that stuff is, is, are things that I want to get into a little bit more coming into next season as well is, is more minute details about drift car setups and builds and things like that. But yeah, I still very much think that Travis reader can break into the top five. Um, I, I do think it's a mental thing, um, because he, when he is on, he is, you know, a top five driver for sure. Um, <clears throat> and next one is Trent Beecham. So I, I said that him and the BMW is the best thing that he could do. And, uh, you know, we saw him do well in Utah. Uh, I said it um, going into the live stream. I saw him in practice. I, I said, you know, I, I very much, you know, saw 
the way he was driving, the uh, how aggressive he was being in the chase, what he was doing in the lead. And um, yeah, I made a prediction. And, and that one, I was correct. So didn't have an amazing season. He did get up into 22nd, so definitely better than what was going on in the Mustang. Um, switching to those BMWs just seemed to be a great move for pretty much any driver that's done it. So yeah, really, really cool to see Trenton do that. Um, it, it was great. Uh, unannounced driver. Um, so I actually knew who the unannounced driver was before that podcast. Sorry. Sorry for lying to you guys. And that was, that was Vaughn. Um, really great to see him back. Um, super neat to just see him swap off with Adam. Kind of cool to, to see how they utilize that to kind of further their motorsports and professional careers. But I don't know what's going to happen with them next year, but we are going to talk about rumors here. Don't worry. Don't worry. We're going to get into rumors. So just hang tight. So yeah, those are my predictions. I'd love to know what you uh, what you guys thought. Maybe what we'll do is um, we'll do another one of these going into next year. Once we kind of get through the off season, we have some more updates and you guys can play along and you can leave your own predictions and we'll check those a little bit later on. So yeah, those were mine. Not great. Couple couple good ones that I nailed, but very, very difficult um, to make those predictions because in drifting, anything can happen. So now I want to do a quick breakdown of the rounds and just walk through the drivers, the top three from every round. Just kind of giving my thoughts. Um, so let's start off with Long Beach. Um, Long Beach, so first, second, and third in order, Matt Field, Rome Charpentier, and Frederick Osbo. Um, so going into that, you know, we looked and said, okay, there is redemption here. You know, obviously Matt Field getting redemption, you know, winning that event after having a, a really bad crash there the year before. And then Rome coming in. Uh, this was kind of the debut of the the Vitor Vitor tires. Um, and it really shook up the whole paddock. People were wondering, like, what are these tires? What's going on with these? Um, it, it was pretty crazy. And it really solidified how good Rome is. Because he is. He's an incredible driver. Um, struggled with some mechanical stuff this year. But, uh, yeah, I think once he gets that sorted, if he can dial that in a bit more, he is very, very much a top five driver. And then Frederick Osmo coming in third, which kind of started to solidify my original opinion that Freddie was going to have an incredible year. He was going to do well. Um, seems like the the Papadakis crew always does well here, if you remember correctly, the year before. Uh, Ryan Turk won the event. Seems like, you know, Papadakis is able to get those cars set up, but the drivers are, are able to do that as well. Uh, I don't want to take anything away from the drivers, but that was our top three from Long Beach. Then going into Road Atlanta. Um, what a night. What an incredible night. Uh, I spent as much time as possible up in the booth. Uh, I got to experience a lot of those emotions. And I will say, Jared was legitimately crying. That wasn't just for the stream. It was a very, very emotional booth. Um, <clears throat> I definitely got a little emotional seeing, you know, that top three kind of round out. I don't have as deep of a ties with, with a lot of these drivers as Ryan and uh, Jared do. And they definitely got very emotional because... It was incredible. It's the 20th anniversary, you know, going back to one of the places that started drifting, that really solidified FD as a series. And then seeing Vaughn and Chris in the finals, like you you can't you can't write it cooler than that. Um yeah, it was just it was something that I feel like I'm gonna be able to go back and and think about for years to come that I got to experience that. And I got to sit up in the booth for that. Uh, I wasn't announcing, but I was there you know, with everybody, and it was incredible. So, yeah. Uh, and then Odie Bakshi's taking third. So this is like another one of those early season Odie pushes where you're like, okay, you know, this is, Odie is back. You know, he he's done this a couple of times where he's had these like pushes where you see him driving really, really well. Um, <clears throat> and then in previous years, it kind of fell off or had some unfortunate circumstances. But this is like kind of a reminder that like, oh shit, like Odie Bakshi really knows how to drive. And when he's on, it's incredible. So let's get into round three, Scorched uh, in Orlando. And this is where we saw Chelsea Denofa take over. Holy cow. Um, from the first couple of practice laps to the end of the event, he was a man possessed. And seeing the way he was driving, seeing the way he was initiating at the wall, the way he was holding it, um, even just some of the ways that he was transitioning through the infield, it was like on like no one else. And it was crazy to see how he was able to accomplish that. Um, I don't know what they dialed in with the car, but there was something about it that Odie, or sorry, not Odie, uh, but Chelsea 
just kind of went, I don't care what happens to this car, I'm winning this event. And that is what he did. And then second place, Frederick Osbo. So same thing, like my original prediction looked good um, really up until kind of the round after this. And then third place, Kazuya Taguchi. I feel like he is a driver that we just sleep on all the time, even though he had a perfect event in St. Louis a couple years ago, then comes in, takes third in Orlando. Kazuya is incredible. He He's an absolutely incredible driver, a driver I very, very much want to get on the podcast. Um, very much want to, I, I want to ask him so many questions and interview him. Just very excited to get him on. But he is a force to be reckoned with and and very... Uh, very close to a, a Castro, in my opinion, a driver that when they are on, they are unstoppable and they will drive a car in ways that just just seem unreal. And that's how Kazuya was driving all weekend. So that was your top three from Orlando. That moved us on to the gauntlet. Um, this was New Jersey. Uh, what can I say? New Jersey is a bit of a divisive track. Uh, I will say it is not the most dynamic. It is not the fastest but what it lacks in those things, it makes up for in feel. <clears throat> um, the way that that whole stadium is built, if you ever have an opportunity to go, definitely go. The pit layout is really cool. Everything is just like, it's like one kind of long strip where you can get to everything. Uh, you obviously, you've got Prospect that's going on. You have Pro that's going on. And the tandems are nuts. And it's just a crazy event. As much as like, uh, yeah, as much as you may say like, oh, it's kind of a boring track, it's not. Like, if you think back, we've seen some big wrecks there. We've seen some incredible tandem there. Uh, you know, you've got a bunch of different surfaces. You've got a bunch of, you know, different level changes in the track as it comes up and down. And and it it really was a, a nuts event. And uh, we talked about this before, but Adam LZ taking home the win. Um, really cool to see. Very emotional. Uh, just everything he's been working towards as a drifter, as being this, this kind of icon, if you will, in the industry. Uh, this solidified it, and I was, um, yeah, it, it, it was really cool to be there. Second, Simon Olsen. This was very much the first time where you went, oh, shit. Like, Simon Olsen really knows how to drive. Um, nothing, uh, once again, nothing against any of the driving he'd done before. We saw it in Utah the year previous that he did well. You kind of looked through the battles. You know, he had a couple of circumstances that put him through there. but in this event, you saw how good of a driver he was. That battle with Adam LZ at the end was nuts. Um, yeah, uh, th this was really the moment that I feel like a lot of people woke up and realized like how crazy Simon Olsen was. And then we see Matt Field taking third. So, you know, really, and, and I believe in this one as well, like to kind of go back, Frederick Osbo went out in the top 32. So that's what kind of pushed things back for him. And then we start to see this shift in, in who's in the lead. And you, and you start to see you know, drivers moving into places that that they haven't been before and the standings really getting shooken up. Um, but yeah, New Jersey was nuts. You know, same thing, Matfield pushing ahead more for points. Um, and and it, was a, it was a great event. It was, I really, really like New Jersey. I love the people there. Um, I love the staff there. It is, it's a great track. Today, we have something kind of neat. I was able to poke and prod Ryan Sage a little bit and get you guys uh, some savings on some cool merch. So use... Code podcast23 at checkout. Save yourself 20% on any FD merch. You can, hats, shirts, lanyards, whatever it is. You can't get this sign. That's mine. You're not getting that one. But basically everything else, use code podcast23 at checkout. Save yourself 20%. Rep some FD shirts, some hats, whatever. And we'll see you out there. Okay, next, getting into round five crossroads. Um, so another... Another nuts event. We talked about Robert Thorne taking out James Dean. Kind of a big story there. Um, but our top three were Odie Bakshi's, Frederick Osbo, Simon Olsen. So, <clears throat> same thing. Frederick Osbo is still absolutely crushing. But then seeing Odie Bakshi's in first, and then Simon in third, and I believe Ben won this event as well. So the entire field team just absolutely on fire. Um, we, we had the track change a little bit. It was expanded out. The general consensus, from what I've heard, is that drivers are much happier with it. <clears throat> I think it makes for a better show. I think it makes for better tandems. Um, it definitely increases the speed. It doesn't seem like they're just parking it to then accelerate again. It flows a little bit nicer. I would still like to see a couple of changes. I would like to see, uh, I would be, so you initiate, enter eh, zone two, like before you get to that hairpin, go wider. So it makes like a bigger, deeper S and then comes out there. And then you kind of make that as one very large enter zone. 
I think that would be sick if they could do it. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know how much more paving they can get. But, you know, a change was needed and a change was found. Uh, yeah, it, it was neat. Um, you know, we we saw some crazy storms there. I don't know what it is about St. Louis, but there are always epic storms there. Um, you know, we saw the delays and stuff. Uh, the, the behind the scenes on that is like, FD was in real time trying to make multiple decisions to try and figure it all out. I don't want to get into all the details. I don't want to rehash that whole thing. But I, what I can say is they made every effort reasonable and unreasonable to try and make sure that show is as best as possible. But regardless, the show did, you know, obviously go on. We saw Odie absolutely crush through that. We saw Freddie in second. And then once again, Simon, you know, pushing him to third. Now we're starting to see him in that points contention. Next up, round six, Throwdown out in Seattle. Love this track. Big, big fan of this track. That huge entry. I think it just absolutely destroys tires. It makes things very difficult. Your setup has to be so unique because you have this crazy high speed into a technical section. You got big D cells. Crazy event. Um, first place, Chelsea Denofa, who's like kind of a local boy there. And then speaking of local boy, Dylan Hughes taking second. And then a not local boy, James Dean in third. So we saw an RTR one and three. Dylan Hughes sandwich. Um, Dylan, another driver, similar to Travis Reeder, very much like on the precipice of greatness. All it's going to take is one or two great rounds for them to 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 get up there. Uh, I mean, they are you know kind of household names and drifting now. They've solidified themselves as incredible drivers, and I do think both of them are are definitely do. Saw kind of a, a cool clap back from Dylan Hughes uh, back to Ryan Lontane. That was kind of a cool moment. Uh, but you know, Ryan Lontane at that moment expressing you know, his frustration with drifting that he wants to see drivers winning because they had a better drive, not because they made the least amount of mistakes. More controversy. I'm a big fan of the controversy. I love people who are outspoken. And uh, yeah, it was kind of a, a unique interaction. And I do think that it's, um, yeah, it, it woke up a lot of people. But getting back to the actual driving of it, um, you know, Chelsea Denofa crushing out crazy battles there um, and and very, very deserving of that win. And we're really starting to see that RTR dominance push back up. So we're we're kind of watching, you know, the the field suspension team and the RTR team battling back and forth when it comes to points. Uh, and it was just it was sick to see. <clears throat> then moving on to elevated out in Utah, um, very quickly becoming my favorite round. Beautiful. The photos and videos there are stunning. The fans are very well educated, um, and it is getting bigger and bigger. Still want to be run backwards. Not. I'm not. That is that is a sword I'm willing to die on. I want to see it backwards. Um, but we saw Chelsea Nova take the win again, Matt Field in second, and then Simon Olsen in third again. So, like, really, hindsight, going back through this, like, this was a this was a wild year. This is a nut year. Seeing everybody jockeying back and forth with these, really seeing the difference in in driving styles and and chassis, kind of like going through the points. Um, I I I think Kevin Wells does like that chart where like it shows the points difference. I feel like this year would have been wild. But yeah, um, nuts event. As we talked about Trent Beecham kind of coming into his own there. Um, yeah, it, it was it was really neat. And uh, from, from like, if I can go on a, a bit of a personal note, first time I got to really announce. So for me, that Utah really holds a special place for me. Uh, so much so, uh, I don't know if this is where, if you're listening, you got to watch. But this, this tattoo right here is actually a photo I took in Utah. Uh, and I had that tattooed on me because that was the first time I ever got to announce. So for me, very, very special. Um, and the feedback from everybody was incredible. And I, I really want to thank everybody for that. And I'm going to take as many opportunities as I can get to announce moving forward because it was a blast. But this isn't about me. It's about the drivers. We'll talk a little bit more about me and what's happening with me at the end of the podcast. But yeah, great events. Um, once again, I, I, you know, I, I was able to understand a bit more by doing that ride along with Travis Reader, the way that these cars handle the dynamics of them. Um, it's, it's wild. It's so wild. If you ever get an opportunity to drive to, to ride in a pro car, I highly recommend it because it is like no drifting you've ever experienced in your life, but great battles, uh, all weekends. Um, yeah, it, it, Utah was, was nuts and I'm very excited to see it back on the roster again. I'm excited that, um, you know, I don't know what the deal is like if there's multiple years, but yeah, we, we, I'm excited to go back. I love Utah. And that brings us to the last round, which is title fight in Irwindale. 
absolutely nuts event. So obviously, Chelsea Denofa announcing his retirement beforehand. Then we see Nick Novak qualifying first. Um, just out of nowhere, it feels like. I Nick is a great driver. Uh, if you go back and like watch any of his driving like pre-FD, Nick is a great driver. He absolutely deserves to be there. And I think he solidified it here and just really screwed up the whole points chase. Just absolutely screwed up the whole thing. Um, and kind of attacked the track in a different way. And I've mentioned this before, uh, but I, I do want to take a moment of pause on this note that um, there was a lot of back and forth about like Nick being slow and like hard to chase. I think what Nick did is took grip out of the car, ran a slower line to get more proximity, more angle. He did something that so many people have been talking about doing and saying that we should do, that we should reduce tire size and all this stuff. Nick did that. The car was still quick. It wasn't like he was like second slower. It was still quick. I'm sure somebody could go through and time it and tell me how many seconds slower he was or what the time differential was. I'm sure, there are te- lots of teams out there with notes on it. <clears throat> but at the end of the day, what Nick did and what his team did is they took grip out of the car so they could run a better lead line and then somehow figured out a way to still be able to keep up in the chase. That's what he did. And that's what a lot of people have been asking for is let's make the cars a bit slower so we get better tandem. And Nick did that and ultimately had a, a perfect event. So yeah, congrats to Nick Novak. Very well-deserved. Um, yeah, uh, just just a great, great guy. Um, great podcast as well. Shameless self-plug there. Then second place, and then taking second in the championship, Odie Bakshi's. Um, going into that weekend, obviously, like, you know, we were all doing math. Uh, I had people sending me math, so shouts out to everybody that did that. Um, I can't remember exactly who gave me the exact ones. I, I know it was one of the Lake Erie Speedway guys. I feel terrible. I can't remember. I should have written it down. But regardless, you know who you are. And I think I made a post about it. But really, really cool to see how, like, if one driver did this and that, like, that's how Irwindale should always be. So the last round should always be. It should come down to the last round. It should be if this, then this, if that. Like, that's how I want it to be every single time. I hate going into the last round and already knowing who won. And yeah, Chelsea Denofa got knocked out early and had to sit on the sidelines in insane anticipation, waiting to see if you'd win a championship. I cannot imagine the amount of stress that would have been. And then, you know, uh, James Dean taking third. So we talked about it in the beginning, but having that insane crash, qualifying decently on a broken collarbone, and then coming in third. He's going through all those battles. If you watch the in-car, he is using his broken collarbone to drive the car. It's not like he just strapped it up there in a sling and was one-handing it. That man was driving with that arm. Like, it, it reminds me of like that George St. Pierre quote where he said to his coach, like, I pulled my groin and his coach said, cool, hit him with it. Like, that's that's what I felt like when I realized that James Dean was driving literally broken. So wrapping it all up, nuts here. Points moving all over the place. Drivers doing things we never thought they would do. People winning events we never thought, you know, we didn't think they were going to win. And yeah, it was... It was wild. It really was wild. Um, I picked a hell of a year to get more involved with FD. Uh, yeah, I, 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 that's that's it. I and and I want to know what you guys think. Like, what are your biggest moments? What are the biggest things that you remember? I feel like I really touched on them here. Um, some of the things you know that that I got to witness and be a part of. But I really want to know. You know, drop a comment. Um, let me know. I mean, if there's a clip coming up, post about it. Um, I, I, my, my Instagram handles in there. If you want to comment on something, send me a DM. Cool. I, I would love to know what you guys thought the, the biggest moments were. So, cause it, it was a, it was a crazy year. It was an absolutely crazy year. So, and, and speaking of, um, I very, very much want to, um, we're, we're going to get into a bunch of other stuff, but I want, I do want to take a, a quick moment and, and thank everybody. Um, they're getting too mushy. They're getting too emotional about it. This, for me, has been 100% a dream come true. Uh, the opportunity that that I have received has been insane. Um, I am still a massive fan of the sport. I'm sure you, if you sat through this and listened to my excitement, you know, ramp up and down, you know this, that, that I am a huge fan of this sport. And getting the opportunity to be able to interview these drivers and work with FD to produce this show has been an incredible dream come true. And it really is because of you guys that we are renewed for a second season. So we are going to do another year. 
Um, and and it's it's because of your support. FD is, was super impressed without putting words in their mouth. They're very impressed with the feedback that came through, with the engagement, um, with the listenership and the viewership and the comments and and everything that the the podcast was able to do to get you guys engaged. Um, and yeah, I, I I owe it all to you guys, uh, to to everybody listening. Your support, your comments, your shares, your feeding into the the controversies and commenting on things and letting us know and providing feedback. Uh, that was all massive. And that is the reason why we are going to be doing another season of the show. And I'm going to get into a little bit about that, you know, a little bit later on. We're, we're getting near the end. Don't worry. Um, and what that show is going to look like um, pretty soon. So yeah, um, thank you so much. Uh, please, please keep spreading the word about it because that's what's going to hopefully let us do a season three and a season four and a season five. And and as many seasons as I can do as long as they don't take this mic from my from my hands. So thank you again. Um, I, I, I very much appreciate it. Um, it's been nuts. So uh, let's address Rumor Podcast. So the next podcast that is going to be coming out uh, is going to be the Rumor Podcast. We're going to be recording this. Um, so you're listening to this on Wednesday. We are going to be recording that on Friday. So if you are listening to this, um, go onto YouTube, go and just find this video. It should be very easy to find. And let me know what rumors you want me to talk about. There's obviously a bunch that are very top level that are, you know, super easy pickings. But if there's stuff that you've heard, stuff that you've seen, stuff that you think might happen, let me know. And we will try and address a bunch of those. I'm going to bring on a guest for it. Um, I'm not going to say who. It's actually somebody you guys probably don't even know, but uh, it's kind of behind the scenes with the podcast as well. <clears throat> so we're going to record it at PRI, which is sick. Um, I will leave the... If you're attending PRI, I will leave the time that we're recording it because we're going to do it live. Uh, so if you want to come and watch that, you can. Uh, but I'll leave that n- down in the in the show notes um, when and where we're going to be doing that. So that is the next episode. It's going to be the Rumor Mill podcast. We're going to talk about everything we think could happen. You know, some stuff that maybe we know is going to happen. Yeah, it'll be it'll be cool. <clears throat> I'm very very excited about that because I do love Rumor Mill stuff. Um, and yeah, please please let me know. Um, quick little programming note. Unfortunately, I do have to take a break uh, after, <clears throat> after I don't know what, how many episodes, almost 50 episodes straight, going to take a break. Um, so the last episode of this year of 2023 is going to be on December 20th. Unfortunately, I, I, it's, it's very difficult to, to make, the show is easy to make, a grand scheme of things. It is difficult to uh, get drivers lined up make sure that they have a mic. That's the struggle this week. Do all the research, get all the notes together, record the, sh- you know, find a time that works for the drivers or people that I'm, I'm chatting with, record the show. You know, then we're editing it. We're creating clips. We're mastering the sound. Every show actually goes to an audio engineer, Jay. Uh, he's in the, the show notes every week. Um, shouts out to Jay because he, he really does some incredible things with some very difficult situations that I put him in. Um, and then get the show up and then, you know, get the clips together and all that stuff. It, it's a lot of work. Um, to put into perspective, it's close to 10 man hours of work per episode. So we're doing that every week. Um, but I need to, I do need to take a break. Um, we already have guests lined up going into January. So new episodes are going to come out in January. I don't know what week yet. It could be the second or the third week. It won't be the first week. Uh, I'm gonna, I, like I said, need to take a bit of time just to rejuvenate, take a break, hang out with the family. Um, and 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 get ready and get pumped. So we already have guests lined up. Um, it's going to be sick. I, I can't say who, but it's going to be sick. And I, I'm hoping if all works out, I'm going to start out with a real big bang. So yeah, we're going to have the Rumor Mill podcast. I think we have one more driver that we're going to chat to uh, by the end of the year. Um, it, there's two that have mics right now. So I don't know which one is going to be. Either way, it's going to be sick. I've got some pretty cool, hard-hitting questions for both of them. Uh, and if whatever one doesn't, we don't get to is going to, you know, kind of be early on in in next season. Um, that being said, with you know chatting about next season, I want to know um, what you want to see and hear more of, and I want to know what you want to see and hear less of. Uh, I very much read comments. If you are respectful in the way that you are presenting that comment, I will read it, and I will almost always respond. It can be super long. It can be very detailed. I'm okay with that. Uh, but as long as you're speaking to me respectfully, as long as you have a legitimate idea, 
I'm very much interested in hearing your thoughts and opinions. If you're just going to yell profanities and say things are dumb with no real feedback, I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to read it. I'm not going to respond to it. But if you have ideas, if you have things that you want to see more of next year, um, if you want less interviews, if you want more interviews, you want, you know, one of the things we've been toying around with is making uh, longer form educational, like one hour history podcasts of drifting, of Formula Drift in particular. Um, if you think that sounds interesting, let me know some topics you want me to cover. Um, we'd love to talk about, you know, the tires, the different tire brands that have been through FD, maybe the evolution of certain items like suspension or angle kits, um, talking about very key moments, talking about, you know, different historical people that maybe you haven't known about, maybe the very early days of FD. Let me know what topics you want to do. They won't be every week. Um, my thought right now is to make four of them because they will be very difficult to make and require a lot of research and scripting. So probably be a very loosely scripted episode, be similar to this, mostly me ranting, maybe some interviews tied in, maybe some historical audio and footage tied in. Not sure yet. Still playing with the idea. If you know of a podcast that does this well, shoot us uh, a line, shoot us a link. You know, you can DM me. Same thing. My Instagram is in uh, here. You can shoot me a DM and I will do my best uh, to get back to you. Maybe I'll set up an actual email as well. Um, so you guys can, can send emails to that. Um, some inspiration for me would be uh, shows like Hidden Brain, uh, Radio Lab, and Hardcore History. Maybe like a blend of those. I'd love to get to that quality level. It's just very difficult, very time intensive. But same thing. I'm, I'm rambling. I'd love to know what you guys think. Um, yeah, so that's, uh, that's what we're thinking for next year. Definitely interviews um, and, and history podcasts, potentially something else. Is there different types of interviews you guys like from other sports? I want your feedback because at the end of the day, the more that you watch and listen, the more happy FD is, the more likely is that I get to do this more, um, and the more you guys are going to listen. So it's a, it's a cool little feedback loop. So we're very open to that. We want to do more drivers. Uh, we want to do more interviews. I want to do staff. I want to chat with staff, uh, not just FD staff, but like like track staff and uh, crew chiefs and crew members because there's a lot of cool stories there as well. But please let me know. Um, I want your feedback. I'm, I'm I'm very much asking for it right now. Um. And then, yeah, uh, cool. And I, yeah, sorry, I, I've, I've only got so many notes here. Um, and then on on a personal note, um, if you've made it this far, if you've listened to this entire episode, you know, we're 40 plus minutes in. It's going to be a shorter one than what we normally do. But um, uh, on, on, on the personal side of things, I will have some updates about what I'm doing next year. I'm still going to be at the podcast, but... Um, uh, yeah, there's there's going to be a couple of different changes going into next year. Can't speak to them directly yet, but when the time comes, I will. Um, if you guys enjoy what I do here, uh, you you know, shameless. I, I I feel like I plug too much, but maybe I don't plug enough. I have no idea. Uh, but if you like these podcasts, you can also go back and take a look. It's only on Spotify right now, uh, but the Piston Head podcast is the podcast I started years ago that kind of led to this. Um, we have interviews with like Matt Field when he just built the Corvette, uh, Tony Angelo, uh, and then people that aren't even in drifting, like Matt Farah from The Smoking Tire. Super cool podcast. Um, yeah, and it, it's what led to this. So you can go back and take a listen to that. It is only available on Spotify. Uh, the original company that was hosting the shows, their servers, they, they basically just went bankrupt and shut down the servers. And thankfully, Spotify uh, was able to keep those up. Um, I'd love to be able to reclaim that RSS feed don't know how. I've reached out to some people. If you know how, let me know. Uh, the old podcast was on a company called Shout Engine and they went bankrupt and didn't give me my feedback. So that's where that lives. Um, yeah, if you want to know a little bit more about me, if you don't know who I am, um, you can definitely check out my Instagram. Uh, I don't post a ton on the main feed. I post a lot in stories, which is a little bit more behind the scenes. Maybe I'll post more on the main feed. You can also go check out my YouTube channel. Um, if you want to see old stuff that I used to do, Piston Head Productions was the name of that YouTube channel. Not much goes on there anymore. I've, I've kind of, uh, not, not like nothing against the guys I started with. We're just kind of all different paths of life now. Um, all still great friends, but just all doing different things now. Uh, I did start my own YouTube channel, which is just Jacob Gettens, which is my name. Maybe I'll put a link down as well if you want to go check that out. I've got some vlogs, um, behind the scenes stuff of my year of kind of all the cool stuff that I got to do. 
uh, all the adventures that I got on, uh, got to do. Um, you get to see some more behind the scenes of like my first announcing in Utah because that was a crazy adventure. And a lot of it was very unexpected. So you can go check that out because that one's kind of neat as well. And I will do more vlogs next year because I think it's important. Um, one, to just document this crazy life that I get to live now um, because I'm the only one who really gets to live it. And as much as I want to make videos for other people, I just want to be able to document it. So maybe when I'm old and senile, somebody can just turn it on and be like, this is the things you did. And I'll be like, yeah, whatever. So yeah. Um, but that's enough shameless plugs about me. Uh, I am going to be a PRI. If you see me, come say hi. I probably won't have the hat on. Um, speaking of, speaking of the hat, thoughts on if I change the color? Let me know. Still working on some deals with NEF, working on some deals with some other companies. Maybe the hat will change. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, uh, I guess the best I can say now is is just thank you again. Thank you so, so much for listening and watching and supporting. Uh, I feel like it's very cliche to say that I couldn't do this without you, but I, I literally couldn't. Um, if the feedback on the show wasn't good and you guys weren't watching and listening, the show wouldn't be happening anymore. So you guys interacting is great. Um, all the shares and tags and everything else are phenomenal. Um, yeah, uh, very much. Please go follow all the drivers. If you don't yet, um, support them that way. Uh, you know, be respectful as well. If I, I, I really want to push that uh, because the internet can be a very crazy place and a very easy place to get upset and stay ridiculous stuff. And it doesn't really do anybody any good. So if you have thoughts, if you have opinions, just say them in a way that people want to listen to them. But yeah, that's uh, that's the end of this episode. That is the end of this season wrap-up. Like I said, the Rumor Mill podcast is going to be coming out next, and there'll probably be one more driver interview, and that is it. December 20th will be the last episode of the year, and they'll be coming back in January. So you'll have to go back and listen to old episodes or something. But thank you again, everybody, for listening. Thank you again for watching. And we'll catch you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs>